Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. In a wrestling match, there are many winning opportunities or scoring opportunities. Out of them, let's talk about four major ones as we saw in the video. Number one, takedown. A move that the players take during the match to take their opponent down to the mat and gain control from the neutral position. So two points will be scored for takedown. Escape. Escape is a move used from the bottom of the referee's position to escape or get away from your opponent. So one point will be scored for escape. Third one is reversal. A move during which you quickly turn the tables and go from being in a position of defense to being a position of control as the offensive wrestler. So two points will be scored for reversal. And the number four scoring opportunity is near fall. So two points if you hold your opponent for two seconds, and three points if you hold your opponent for five seconds. You know, these are different scoring opportunities in a wrestling match. You know, wrestling is not, not my favorite, so I need to really understand, you know, how do they score during the wrestling match. In our life, at times, we wrestle with God. We wrestle with God to fulfill our desires. And God, in fact, he wrestles with us to fulfill his plan in our lives. But the truth is, God always wins the wrestling match. You know, that is the title of my sermon this morning. God always wins the wrestling match. Can you repeat that after me? God always wins the wrestling match. Pastor Daniel Parkins says, this is what he says, I still remember holding him in my arms after he had passed away. He was 19 days old, 19 days old, and a birth defect was the malady that raged against my little son. I wrestled with God till the very end. Every blowing, even, even blowing, he even blew in his lungs to revive him after he died. That's what he says. And he was praying for his healing. Wrestling with God. God always wins the wrestling match. Nine-year-old Sarah Tapley, who was diagnosed with cancer in September 2009. After several rounds of chemotherapy and radiation, Sarah went to be with the Lord on November 29th. 2012, in Grimsby, Ontario. Later, Sarah's dad, Reverend Matt Tapley, I know him personally, says, I'm thankful for the 11 3 years that I had with Sarah. She has a piece of my heart that no other person will ever have. And this is what Matt says, and she's part of me that is already in eternity. Sarah has brought me closer to heaven than I ever dreamt possible. A three-year-long wrestling with the Lord. 
for Sarah's life has come to an end. God won the match. God won the match. God always wins the wrestling match. I was listening to Michelle Croce, wife of late Nabil Croce. See, she was sharing about the glorious end of her husband, Nabil, after enduring a year-long battle with cancer. She mentioned about the wrestling she had with the Lord since the time that he was diagnosed with cancer. Later, when Nabil was hospitalized, her wrestling with God continued. And when Nabil was moved to palliative care, Michelle says his wrestling with God was intensified. And when she realized that Nabil's life on this earth has come to an end, she was still wrestling with God for a resurrection of his body for seven days before he was actually buried, based on the biblical grounds. But at the end, God won the match. God won the match. God always wins the wrestling match. May it be healing, may it be sickness, may it be death, may it be resurrection. God always wins the wrestling match. You know, in a wrestling match, as we saw, there are many winning opportunities, or scoring opportunities. Out of them, we are going to talk again, three of them in detail this morning. Take down, escape, and reversal. Take down, a move during which you take your opponent down to the mat or to the ground to gain control from the neutral position. Two points will be given for takedown. I think about the life of Jacob in the Bible, son of Isaac and the brother of Esau. You know, Jacob, as the name goes, he cheated his brother and took his birthright, as we know. And he also received the blessing from Isaac, cheated everybody. He was a cheater. He was a liar. So Esau hated Jacob very much, and he wanted to kill Jacob. And Jacob was, you know, running around for his life, and he decided, you know, it is better to leave from, you know, go away from Esau so that he cannot find. And Jacob decided to go to Laban, his uncle. And there, Jacob again, he was cheated by Laban, and Laban made him to work for 20 long years. So Jacob was working for Laban for 20 long years, and now Jacob wanted to meet Esau. And he was really scared to death. He was not sure how he is going to face his brother, because he knew very well his brother is so, you know, so angry with him. And he sent a messenger to Esau. And he sent, Bible says, he sent donkeys, he sent oxen, flocks, and male servants and female servants to obtain favor from Esau. Listen to me very carefully this morning. And he sent everything to Esau, thinking that Esau will show favor over Jacob. And the messengers came back to Jacob and telling, Esau is on his way to meet you. You know what? Jacob was really caught to death, scared to death. And he was not sure how he is going to face Esau. Because he knew very well Esau is going to kill him. Esau is going to kill him. And Jacob, you know, collected all, all that, whatever he could get in his hands. And he put everything together as a present. Again, sent it to Esau. And he also sent his two wives and two female servants and his 11 sons across the river. And Jacob was just sitting near River, Je River Jebuk and just all alone sitting here at the end of the day. And later on the day, Bible says, a man. Later on, we come to a realization he is not just an ordinary man. He is son of God. 
he came and he wrestled with Jacob. And they were having a wrestling match there. Jacob and who? Lord Jesus. They were having a you know, wrestling match there. It was a pre-incarnate Jesus in the Old Testament. He appeared to many times to many different people. And now he appeared in front of Jacob. And they were having a wrestling match. And how long the wrestling went, <coughs> excuse me, went on, you know. Bible says until the break of the day. Break of the day means until you see sun. The whole night the wrestling was going on between God Almighty and Jacob. And God wrestled with Jacob. And God could not win. Jesus could not win wrestling with Jacob. And finally, as he could not win wrestling with Jacob, Jesus touched him. He touched, Bible says, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip came out of joint. And Jacob could not walk anymore. Jacob could not walk anymore. Jacob was taken down to the ground. Jacob was totally taken to the ground. Two points. Jacob was totally brought down to the ground by God Almighty. Can you read with me? Genesis chapter 32, 22 to 29. I believe this morning God is speaking to you. Shall we turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 32? We are reading from Genesis chapter 32, 22 to 29. Let's read. He took them, his wives, his female servants, 11 cents, and crossed over the ford of Jabok. Verse 23, he took them, sent them over to the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left all alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of the day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, who is your name? What is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, what is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed Jacob there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God's face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. You know, what is the result of the wrestling match? Jacob started limping. Jacob started limping. And verse 32, therefore to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. Now here we see, in the wrestling match, we see God bringing Jacob down to the ground. You know, there are a couple of truths I can go on and on this morning. But this morning I pray that God may open our eyes. You know, God always wins the wrestling match. And you know, Jacob was a liar. Jacob was a cheater, cheating everybody and escaping from the scene. That's what is, was his plan. He thought he can wrestle with God and he thought he can bring him on his way. The reason for whole night that fight was going on there, Jacob was thinking that, you know, he can wrestle with God 
and make him somehow to bless him. Make him somehow to protect him from the hands of Esau. You know, that was the plan of Jacob. With that plan, he was wrestling with God. And see how amazingly God was dealing with Jacob. God was dealing with Jacob gently. And at times in our lives, you know, we, we at times, you know, we try to escape from this situation. We try to, you know, try to do something else so that, you know, the danger may not come upon us. We may not take the risk anymore. We try to escape at times from the presence of God. But God is not angry at the times. When the time when we try to escape from the responsibilities God has given to us, you know, God is not angry at that time. God was not angry with Jacob, in fact. If God would have been angry with Jacob, you know, he would have brought him down right there. But God was very gentle, wrestling with Jacob all over the night. Do you think that Jesus could not overcome Jacob? Jesus did not have enough power to overcome Jacob? I don't think so. But God was dealing with him gently. You know, sometime in our, our life, you know, sometime when we walk away from God, we think that, you know, God is still good. Yes, God is good. But that doesn't guarantee that we are walking closer to God. You know, God being a blesser in our life doesn't guarantee that we are doing good with God. Receiving multiple blessings one after another doesn't really guarantee that we are doing with God. No, not, that's not the measure. That's not the measure. Jacob was wrestling with God, but God was dealing with him very gently. And God was expecting him to surrender. You know, that was the only expectation that Jesus had on that night as he was wrestling with Jacob. He wanted him to surrender. And God found him. He was fighting with God till the morning over the night. Still, he was not surrendering. Have you come across such times in our lives? We pray, we pray, we fast and we pray. We days after days we pray. But we would not have come to that point of surrender. What God expects in our lives. And we see nothing happening there. Nothing will happen. But God expects us to you know, come to that level of surrender. And that's what God was expecting in the life of Jacob. And since he could not overcome that means he, since he's not surrendering, God decided to touch him. Can you imagine one touch? One gentle touch was enough for Jacob to bring him down. You know, this morning God is telling you, that there are times when we don't see God. There are times when we don't follow God, but still we see things happening. Because God is being so considerate in our lives. He's so gentle in our lives. We can never wrestle with God because he's powerful. We are so little. We are powerless in front of God. We can never wrestle with God and win the match. And in fact, you know what? What was the result? Bible says Jacob overcame. Jacob win the wrestling match. What does it mean? It means that Jacob brought him to total surrender so that God could put him down. The victory belongs to God always. What was the victory? The victory that God gained on that day is bringing Jacob to total surrender. You know, that is the victory that God could gain on that day. And he said, bless me, Lord. And God said, you are no more a deceiver. You are Israel. You are triumphant with God. 
You are victor. You are no more a cheater. You are not a liar anymore. You are a victor. You know, that's the blessing that God can give us when we bring our lives to total surrender in the presence of God. You know what? When God blessed him, the past is completely wiped away. There are new things started happening in the life of Jacob because he turned to be a blessing because he had to be blessed anyway because God promised to Abraham that I will bless your descendants and that blessing has to come through Jacob but it was not happening in, our, in his life because he was not bringing everything to total surrender but this morning God is telling us it's not enough what we surrender God wants us to bring everything to complete surrender to the presence of God, into the presence of God. Then we will see the blessings of God. The second winning opportunity in a wrestler's match is escape. As we saw in the video, a move you take from the bottom of the referee's position to escape, to a position of escape, or get away from your opponent, one point will be scored for escape. I was thinking about Jonah. God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. Remember that story? But Jonah was wrestling with God. And he escaped. He thought he won't. He gained the point. And he escaped from God easily. There is a wrestling match between God and Jonah. And God wanted to, you know, Jonah to go to Nineveh. That was the, that was the goal. But Jonah escaped. Jonah escaped. And he was playing an escape game with God. But you know what? God was handling him very carefully. God was handling him very gently again. You know, there are times God's hand is heavy upon us. But there are times God's hand is so gentle over our lives. And this morning we are talking about Jonah. As he was trying to escape from the Bible says he was escaping from the presence of God. He was escaping from the presence of God. God was handling him very gently. He was thrown into the sea, of course. But he did not perish. God prepared a fish for Jonah. You know, when Jonah was thrown into the, into the ocean, God already prepared a fish for Jonah. The compassionate, the gentle nature of our God. The gentle nature of God. You know, when one door closed, you know, God, Bible says God opens another door because he's our God. He's such a compassionate and gracious and merciful God. There arose the need of help from Jonah. Jonah was, was in, the, in, in the belly of the fish. And he, now he needs help from God. Now Jonah needs help from God. He thought he won the match by escaping out of the scene. But now Jonah wanted help from God. And they are in the belly of the fish. Jonah thought God is angry, but God is not angry. God was not angry. God was trying to prove Jonah that his plans can never be altered. His plans can never be altered by human beings like us. You know, God was just holding the gut of the fish so that the fish is not, not able to digest Jonah. God was in control, ultimate control. Was very gentle. Can you ever come across such a powerful God being gentle? Have you seen him, you know, the muscle man, powerful people around the world today? 
If somebody who is in a very powerful, very gigantic, very strong comes to you, will you give your two months baby into his hands? No. You will think that he may just throw it away, throw the baby away. You don't want to do it because he is a powerful man. Think about our God, all powerful, almighty, but still very gentle, very gentle. God was protecting Jonah and waiting for a time of surrender. In the belly of the fish, Jonah surrendered to God. Can we read from Jonah chapter 2, verses 3 to 7? Reading from Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2, verse three, verses 3 through 6. And this is the prayer of Jonah, sitting in the belly of, fish, belly, belly of the fish, a man who escaped from the presence of God. Now he says, For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Verse 5, the waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Verse 6, he says, I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth which its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. You know, this morning, how many of your prayer is this? Jonah is praying to God. And at the end of verse 6, he says, Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Lord, my God. Now he realizes that it is the hand of God. Now he comes to an understanding. You throw me into the pit, Lord, but still you are right there, Lord God, ready to pick me up. Jonah, when he came to the total surrender, when he comes to total realization, there comes the escape. The first escape that he made from the presence of God, that was not the real escape. But now he has to really escape. And when Jonah prayed, we know God commanded the fish to puke Jonah on the shore. Now the same words came, came again to Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now Jonah was right there in obedience, willing to obey, willing to obey. Now Jonah went, really went. God always wins the wrestling match. You know, there are a couple of things that God wants to do through us. And those things can only be done through us, only through us. God cannot replace. God don't, really doesn't find another person, another man, another woman to do the job. Because he knows very well, only you can do that work. Only you can do that work. And you are anointed, you are appointed, and you are called to that work. You know, all of us, those who are sitting here this morning, you know, we are not here without a purpose. We are not here, come here to seek the God, just worship and go. You know, God has brought us with a purpose in your life. And God wants us to know, the moment that we try to escape from the presence of God, we can never win. You know, some of you know what I'm talking about this morning. I know about it. 
You know, God repeatedly tells us to do certain things in our life over and over again. God speaks to us. God wants us to do it, but we are not doing it. For some reason, we may be afraid or we are not willing to make a commitment or we are not seeing ourselves doing that. How is it possible, Lord? But God says, it has to be done through you, only through you, only through you. God always wins the wrestling match. The third winning opportunity, the final one that we see today in the wrestling match is reversal. It's reversal. A mood during which you quickly turn the tables and go from being in the position of defense to be in the position of offense. A wrestler who is brought down, he is in the position of defense. And now he turns over the other one and he moves himself in the position of offense. Two points, of course, in the wrestling match. But you know what? Spiritually speaking, this is not a good move at all. This is not a good move. Takedown is good. Escape is good because God will bring you back anyway. But reversal is not a good move. Listen to me this morning. We have only a few minutes. This morning, just God may speak to us. You know, we take this offensive position from the defensive position. And God cannot handle this. God really cannot handle this because he is God. How can we ever do this to our God? We can never oppose God. It's dangerous to oppose God. Solomon talked about this very clearly in Proverbs 21.30. We read from Proverbs 21.30. There is no wisdom. Listen to this. Solomon says this very clearly. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. There is nothing against the Lord. But still we try to teach God at times. Listen to this carefully. Still we try to teach God. You know, when we pray... Bible says, do not pray hastily. Do not say, take my life away, Lord. No, don't pray that way. Don't pray that way. Because God's wisdom is much, much higher than our wisdom that we can ever think. When we pray, don't try to teach God. You know, there are times I have listened to some of our prayers. We try to teach God. Just say whatever we want and just stop. Don't try to teach God. God knows everything. God knows everything. It's not a good move at all. When we pray, Bible says, do not use repetitive words. Babbling like pagans, that's what scripture says. Long prayers, thinking that the prayer will be answered. You know, sometimes we just go on and on and on and on and on. Let's not think that such a prayers will be answered and heard. Matthew 6, 7, Jesus said, and when you pray, listen to this, when you pray, we are talking about not turning against God, even our thinking, in our thinking, in our counsel. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard from their many words. Let our prayer be sharp. Let our prayer be crisp. You know, by telling too many things, we try to teach God at times. And God doesn't like that really. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 2 says, Do not be rash with your mouth. Ecclesiastes 5 2. Do not be rash with your mouth. And let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore let your words be few. Let your words be few. You know, God wants us to think even when we pray. God wants us to really think about the words that we use. 
You know, but men have always tried to fight God. You know, this is the saddest part of it. But I just want to you know, throw a little, <coughs> little light in the, into those areas before we close. Men have always tried to fight God. To bring God on our way. To twist the hands of God so that God can move on behalf of us. Listen to this Pharaoh tried to fight God. You remember the story? When he was trying to oppose God, trying to fight God, it cost him his whole honor, his people, his slaves, his army, his sons, and his very own life. And King Arad, the Canaanite, fought God, and God destroyed his people and destroyed his armies. Shihon, king of the Amorites, Og, Bashan, all tried to fight God, but they were everyone slaughtered and their land possessed by Israel. Balak, king of Moab, tried to fight God, plotted against God, and he lost the battle. The Midianites fought God, and God slew all the Midianite males and took the five Midian kings and slew them too. You know, God is all-powerful, and this morning God wants us to know, let's not think anything out of the will of God, completely surrendered to the plan of God. The king of Ai fought God, and he was hanged to death. All the kings in Joshua 9 fought God. They plotted all kinds of, you know, clever little things against God, and all five of them were taken and hanged on five trees in Rome. The northern kings of the Palestine found, fought against God and Joshua, remember the story, confined all their houses and burned them. Their chariots are slaughtered and slaughtered them with a sword. Listen to this. The Bible tells it about Joshua. In chapter Joshua 12, there were 31 kings. Can you imagine? 31 kings, Bible lists, who tried to fight against God. And they were all slewed by, slain by Moses and Joshua. The greatest men of the world, the monarchs of the world. You know, they, 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 they were all trying to plot against, bringing everything together to fight against God. But simply they could not fight against God. You know, it is a wrong move to turn against God. This morning God wants us to listen to that. At times, children of God, we turn against God. We ask questions to God. But this morning God wants us to know that He is God. We are human. Ahab tried to fight God. Remember him? The dogs licked his blood. We cannot fight God. In the southern kingdom, all, you know, and, and including the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, most of the kings, they fight God. They fought God and none of them could gain victory. Rehoboam, Jeroboam, Ahaziah, Thaliah, you know, right on down. And finally, you know, the, tragically, they all met their end, the end of their lives. Terrible stories in the word of God that we see. We cannot fight God. The greatest people in the world, the powerful people in the world, they started fighting God. There have been Napoleons in the history. There have been Hitlers, Stalins, and Genghis Khans, and everybody. There are many other people that names we can go on and on. They all tried to fight God. They collected all the riches. They put all the people together, and they thought they can go and fight God. They could not fight God. Always God born in the history. He is the King of Kings. He is immortal. He is the eternal God. Psalm, you know, chapter 2. Can we read the scripture together before we close? Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Very interesting scriptures. Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Bible says, Why do the nations rage? Psalm 2, 1 to 4. Why do the nations rage? Listen to this. And the people plot a vain thing. The king of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together 
against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Bible says, verse 4, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Bible says, they are all plotting against God. And Bible says, God who sits in heaven, he just laughs. He just mocks at them. You know, that the same thing is applicable to you as a child of God. When people are trying to do something against a child of God, God just mocks at them. God just laughs at them because nobody can touch Nobody can touch a child of God. You know, when God wrestles with us, we are not going to win. God is going to win. But something is going to happen to our lives. Listen to this. This is the important part of the message. When God wrestles with us, and when God takes the victory, it is going to change us. It is going to change our lives. We cannot change God, but God changes us no matter how much we wrestle against god lord this is the thing i want lord but ultimately god gives what he wants but your life would have been already prepared to accept the will of god when jacob wrestled with god god changed jacob totally changed jacob and he was just limping all along but he was blessed the limp came because of his his, his adamant nature Fighting with God, wrestling with God, not surrendering his life. Do not go to that extent. It may not be good. When God touches our lives, we can't handle it. We can't handle it. It is better to surrender to God. When Jonah wrestled with God, Jonah had to repent. Jonah had to repent. When the kings wrestled with God, they were all perished. But God did not change he is the source of power. God is the source of power. You know, when we touch God, when we deal with God, all that one thing that we need is a surrender. Surrender. Our mouths closed. Our eyes closed. Completely bring everything to surrender, knowing that He is God. Shall we close our eyes this morning? Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.